The only thing more offensive than don't you know who I am is vaping. After hugging dozens of college students, Jane went back to her $44,000 tent. <laughs> you guys are all such bitches. Have you never feel dressed an animal? I'm Virgin Fetacy, and this is your dumpster fire for the week of September 17th to September 23rd. And the unicorns dance while the world burns, world burns, world burns. I feel like the most surprising thing about Dumpster Fire to me is always the dates. <laughs> Join us at Fetacy.com where you can see me mispronounce words and misuse words. And you can get the unedited version of Dumpster Fire the day before we drop the edited version. We had a lot of new subscribers last week. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you. And we're going to be doing some cool behind the scenes stuff and live streams and whatnot for people who are subscribers, especially moving into electile dysfunction 2024. We're going to need each other. So join our community. You can sign up either here or at Substack, whatever is your preference, fetacy.com or bridgetfetacy.substack.com. I know it's confusing. I apologize. But as you know, I'm confused. <laughs> and confusing. And confusing. Join us there. There are workouts. It's super fun. It's the best way to support your favorite, not a new show. Otherwise, we're just excited if you like, subscribe, comment, touch my bells and buttons. I had a friend tell me that he was asked to rate the show for the first time in four years last week by YouTube. So if you get that notification, please give us the highest rating. Please feed the algorithm with your likes and your clicks and your engagement. We love your comments. We will be going to every other week on Dumpster Fire unless we get lots more subscribers and also some advertisers. So if you know somebody or your company that wants to advertise with us, please sign up. If we start getting a plethora of advertisers, we will start shooting this more often. Otherwise, it's costing us more than we are making on it. So yeah, you'll see us every other week moving into the end of the year. That is all the housekeeping. And let's do this. Troll in exile. Trump makes conservatives mad by claiming that the heartbeat abortion bans were a terrible thing. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. <laughs> I, it's so hard not to keep liking this guy. He makes it difficult. And I'm, you, as you know, I love soft-spoken Trump when he's trying to be like, you know, we got it. Here's the thing, guys. We, this is a terrible idea. It's not good. It was a terrible ban, a terrible mistake. These guys desanct us. He called him desanctus. <laughs> desanctus. Which is also my favorite thing. He took his nickname, desanctimonious. <laughs> he abbreviated his own nickname, desanctus. And then I started just calling him desanctus in the writer's room because it's so catchy. Yeah, I don't think he was even aware he did it. Desanctus. I love that. I mean, coming from a guy who's paid for like at least a baker's dozen abortions in his time, probably, he's got a punch card with like a get a free abortion from Planned Parenthood. Oh boy, now I can have an abortion! I'm not surprised. But I also think that Trump is a genius because he knows that there's lots of swing voters and independents who aren't so stoked on the six-week bans 
And even Republicans, not conservatives, I was chucked in the writer's room, (laughs) even Republicans, there's a lot of them who are okay with, you know, 12 weeks, 15 weeks. This is kind of the European model around abortion. And he is moving to the middle. And I don't I don't know. It seems like a seems pretty savvy. Yeah, it is. It is a smart move. Like this is coming from someone who really doesn't like this guy. It's a freaking smart move on his well, part. Well, especially because that is the thing that drove so many people out in the election in the midterms. Yeah. So many young people, women came out in force. Although after this week, I don't know, independent women are I think more and more just just kind of like get away out. from me. <laughs> yeah, no one's coming. Yeah. Ladies, arm yourselves. I love how he was positioning himself as the nego- master negotiator oh, too. Oh yeah, I know. I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Like this isn't going to have to like go into Congress, you know? He's like, I'll just sit down everybody in a room and we'll make this deal. <laughs> Make a deal happen. Like he's still on The Apprentice. This This guy. guy. What is happening? U.S. military asks the public for assistance locating a lost F-35 jet. The pilot was ejected for some unknown reason and the jet kept flying on autopilot. Why did they ask the public for help? Like we're going to be able to find (laughs) their stealth jet that they lost. Why were they like, hey, guys, we lost a jet. Can you help us find it? Yes, that is correct. All right. Follow up question. Are you f-ing with us? You guys found Saddam Hussein in a hole in the desert. <laughs> we can't find the, the item that they moved around in Costco the next week. Welcome to Costco. I love you. You're telling me we need to find a freaking stealth jet for you. This is embarrassing. I was reading some comment and it was it was joking about how this is like the most quintessential military mistake of fighter jet pilot who puts the jet on autopilot and then ejects. Now the army can't find it because it's on stealth mode and the stealth mode is too good. It's is like the perfect military mistake of our times. And then it crashed, apparently. I don't know how they did not crash that into houses. Right. My guess is they probably shot it down. I, don't, I mean, how did they do that? How did they just like crash it? I don't know. Like, did they just get super lucky or did they intentionally crash it? I don't know. But then there was the best interview ever <laughs> with this guy who was talking about how he's taking a shave, which seems like not what he was doing and suddenly heard the jet screeching overhead and his noise. I want it to be my new ringtone. Uh, in the bathroom taking a shave and I heard a, a screeching between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? It's so good. I love the fact that he did an impression of the jet sound. As I love him. I bet you this is what Lauren Boebert's orgasms sound like. <laughs> like a banshee. This feels like the beginning of a Transformers movie. Like some stealth jet crashes and puts itself together. Even in the news story, they're like, this top secret, it's like obviously high military security. It's ex- it's located off the X, like it like gave the location of the road where it was. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. It was almost like, go, go look for the secret stealth jet pieces. 
terrorists. We spent $1.7 trillion on this program, the program. JET program. Yeah. And this is what we have to show for. That is so, such a mind-bogglingly insane amount of money. An insane amount of money. <laughs> My grandchildren are going to be indebted forever, and they can't even find their freaking jet. Sounds like the military needs to take a Dave Ramsey class. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. I just learned who Dave Ramsey was. <laughs> Apparently, he's some preacher who's telling people how to save their money. Save their money. Stay out of debt. Is this just the Christian version of the avocado toast guy? We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. California. L.A. made a licensed tent city for its homeless. Each tent costs $44,000. Are we sure this isn't Firefest 2? <laughs> This is the second Firefest. He just uh, put it in L.A. and he was like, we're not going to make the influencers fly to a tropical island when we can just put them up in tents in Los Angeles. I mean, in in the article, it was like they get, have catering and we were like, they get catering. <laughs> this is where craft services has pivoted to during the strike. They're now catering the homeless. This is the most L.A. thing I've ever heard. The homeless get catering. They're probably all out of work actors. <laughs> this is freaking big homeless. You guys have not figured out how to solve this problem. How are these tents? $44,000. Are you kidding me? It's just a tent on some planks of wood. I mean, I do know that the cost of plywood skyrocketed <laughs> during the pandemic, but I think prices have come back down. $4 million to put up the fencing bathrooms and staffing facilities for this village. <laughs> and then catering services and 24-7 staffing cost an additional $3 million a year. So that's $7 million a year for a temporary housing situation. Don't they have like people who used to be in prison? in working or something mostly the staffers are former prisoners because they have the ability to read people in unpredictable situations both they have the ability to get paid two dollars and 17 cents an hour this is just using them for manual labor they have the ability to read unpredictable situations like the mentally ill homeless population that exists a hundred and what is it, 72,000 or something? Something like that. So that is an insane number of homeless people in California. Yeah. California is just going to be homeless people, workers for the very wealthy and the very wealthy. Yep. That's just where it's headed. The middle class is leaving. Yeah. Everybody fled that freaking lunatic state. <laughs> I mean, $44,000 per tent. Per tent. This is like pissing money into the wind. It's big homeless. We've talked about this before. This is a racket and everybody's just taking money off of the they're just scamming money all the way through. Stupid Californians have voted to give more and more money to this problem. And the problem has just got worse and worse. So tell me, where is that money going other than to like corrupt people who are skimming off of all of these funds at every single step of the way. Because it's certainly not solving the homeless problem. We could turn the homeless into tires so that we'd still have homeless, but we could use them on our cars. Build some freaking housing. Parade of morons. 
Lauren Boebert stole the spotlight at a public performance of Beetlejuice. It was initially reported that she was kicked out for being disruptive. Then it turned out she was vaping next to a pregnant lady. And then she and this guy were groping each other. And she told the people who were kicking her out, do you know who I am? And threatened to call the mayor. I mean, I'm not going to take anybody's inventory, but Lauren, if you need a sponsor, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) This woman strikes me as a little bit of an alcoholic. She was trying to make his Beetlejuice. (laughs) That's exactly how you have to say it. Why is Beetlejuice the musical so horny making? <laughs> Have you seen it? I haven't seen no, it. No, of course not. <laughs> I want to go see it now. Maybe maybe I should go on a date night with my husband, get a little hanky-panky. In typical Lauren Boebert fashion, she then claimed she was set up because this was like her first date with this guy who is a Democrat and apparently owns bars and gay bars. A in- gay... A gay-friendly bar. Oh, not even a that gay That hosts bar. drag shows. A gay-friendly bar. How dare, sh- how dare she? Well, I read one story that said they'd been dating for months, but she claims this was their first date. But then why were they groping each other if this was their first date? What she should have done was cut a hole in the popcorn bucket and <laughs> given him a handy the old-fashioned way. <laughs> You hate me, don't you? Yes. You said yes! Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't saying yes to you. Sorry, I was saying yes to the glory hole. The only thing more offensive than don't you know who I am is vaping. What are you doing, Lauren? Come on. Vaping makes everybody look like such a douchebag. Apologies to everyone vaping right now. (laughs) You know it's bad when you'd rather deny vaping than jerking off a Democrat. (laughs) That's how embarrassing vaping is. Hold it to your mouth. Oh my God, I'm a douchebag. Right. She like vehemently denied the vaping part of it. I was not vaping. (laughs) Was I getting my titties grabbed and jerking off a Democrat? Yes. But I was absolutely not vaping. (laughs) The Senate changes its dress code. Male members are no longer mandated to wear suits and ties. Likely this is due to John Fetterman declining to dress up. What the God? How? (laughs) How are we making allowances for Senator Sweatpants? This guy doesn't know how to wear clothes that don't make him look fat. He looks like he smells like cigarettes. (laughs) Has anyone flown since the pandemic? It's just everyone in their pajamas. This is the most dumpster fiery dumpster fire we've ever shot, probably. We're providing $44,000 tents to the homeless and everyone's wearing pajamas. Go into the airport. When I was in the Atlanta airport, I was like, holy sh**. Everyone's in pajamas. Everyone. No one has any self-respect at all anymore. We've just given up. Times have been tough. I get it. But stop trying to make I give up a fashion statement. Even our senators have given up. And then Susan Collins was threatening to wear a bikini. Right. No. No. Someone in the writer's room was like, no, we need to see that. (laughs) Some pervert in our writer's room. Have we no shame, America? (laughs) We don't. But we shouldn't be accommodating the guy who can barely do his job. Oh, my God. I mean, I that 
moment that Trump went down the escalator in 2015, I said it back then. I said, the thing I hate the most about Trump is that he's given everyone permission to be the absolute worst version of themselves because it's just a race to the bottom and there is no bottom. And now we have a senator in sweatpants who's practically brain dead. At least he's not 80 years old, but he's basically in the same category. I thought we already changed the dress code. Then we have Ibram X. Kendi's Anti-Racism Institute is collapsing. Speaking of changing the dress code during George Floyd. Accused of exploiting workers, mismanaging finances of the collapsing anti-racist center. Congratulations, Ibram. You're officially white. Congratulations. You played yourself. This is equality. You are now a white collar criminal. I love to see the minute all of these socialists get any money, they instantly become white collar criminals. BLM, they're buying houses. They're spending millions of dollars. They're all pilfering for themselves. This is what I like to see in America. This is the America I believe in. Anyone can climb the ladder and become a white collar criminal. We did it, guys. We're all equal now. (laughs) We beat racism. (laughs) One of the guys who was complaining about his, you know, being exploited was white. And so I'm sure he'll be called racist any minute. But I do love the idea of him exploiting all these white people because I really don't think any people of color would fall for this grift. (laughs) I just don't. I think they'd be like, I see what you're doing here, buddy, and I'm not buying it. This nigga was clearly lying. But you know who will fall for this? A self-loathing, guilty white person. They will get on board with whatever this scam is that you're running here. It is impressive. I I mean, I feel like this is the feel-good story of the week. Everybody's mad, but I, I also think it's hilarious that you... Like, what do you expect when you have a bunch of people who run around telling on everybody working for you? This is the culture that you've created. A bunch of HR whiners constantly being like, I need to speak to the manager. I want to speak to your manager. Now let's check the weather with Jackie Garrido. Esto no termina aquí. Esta actividad y condiciones invernales, señores, bandas de nieve se desplazan hacia Nueva Inglaterra, donde en Maine... Thank you, Jackie. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, touch my bells and buttons. Grope my bells and buttons <laughs> like Lauren Bobert, And tell your friends about us. It's the best way that people find out. Sprained my eyes. Parents are paying a concierge service to have stand-in moms deliver meals, medicine, and hugs to their college students. I want to know, are these the same parents that were paying for the service to get their kids into college? This is pretty low, though. They pay like $450 a year for this service. Yeah, that's a (laughs) weird number. Yeah. If you want to know how bad it is for actors out there, (laughs) this is the job that they're getting now. (laughs) After hugging dozens of college students, Jane went back to her $44,000 tent (laughs) and smoked a bunch of fentanyl with her local mentally ill homeless person and got into her pajamas. Actually, she was wearing pajamas when she went to hug all of the kids at college who were also wearing pajamas. It's just a pajama nation. We are a pajama nation now. Uh Uh-huh. 
We've given up. Pajamas as clothes is the sign that you have given up on life. It's America right now. It's a bad sign, guys. No, if you see videos of New York from like the 40s, it's like all everybody dressed so sharp, looking amazing. This is post Great Depression and they didn't even give up. They weren't wearing pajamas. They had no money. And we're in pajamas. We are the pajama class. This is, again, what happens when, as Carol Markowitz called it, the laptop class, but it's really the pajama class, took over during the pandemic. And they were like, you know what? It's fine. You're in your pajamas all day. We're not, when things go back to normal, we're not getting out of our pajamas. (laughs) So embarrassing. The pajama jobbers. Isn't that what she called them? Yeah, pajama jobbers. She was right. Carol Markowitz was right. I... I'm embarrassed for us all. For just 81 cents a day, you can have someone go hug your child at college and (laughs) pretend that they were their nanny. (laughs) Since you didn't actually hug your child when they were home. Beyond parody. Apple apologizes to Mother Nature. As you can see, we've innovated and retooled almost every part of our process to reduce our impact on the planet. And there's something else we wanted to share with you. You're not trying to bribe Mother Nature with Apple swag. It's Apple's very first carbon neutral product. I want to see you do more of this. You will. When? By 2030, all Apple devices will have a net zero climate impact. All of them? All of them. They better. They will. We are at that point in capitalism when capitalism is like a white person who feels guilty about being white and is now making all kinds of ridiculous and embarrassing and pretty much irrelevant propaganda to try and make itself feel better. (laughs) Send your check on money order to White Guilt Relief Fund. This was the most, as the kids these days say, cringe <laughs> video I have ever seen in my life. Particularly the long stares at the end of the video. Tim Cook looks like a ventriloquist dummy who's come to life. <laughs> a magician granted him a little bit of life and that said, go, go be ridiculous out in the world. And it's the WEF pulling the strings of the Tim Cook dummy. And Mother Nature, of course she's black, of course. I want to know how much money Octavia Spencer got paid for that ad. I love her. I do too. But of, like, of course Mother Nature couldn't be like a Mexican weather girl. <laughs> I think there would have been some outrage. Why? Because they would have been like, oh, what is this idealized feminine version of Mother Nature? Like, how dare you sexualize her? Like, they just want to cop flack for it. That's true. I think it was a smart move casting Octavia because, A, people love her. Like, most people do love love her. her. And then, B, she's got kind of like the gravitas to pull it off, you could say. But still, the whole thing was ridiculous. The stares at the end. I was like, what is this? I mean, there's a five minute long version. I only watched the beginning of it, but 
there's a plant that's dead that they're trying to hide. So it's trying to be like this funny kind of video, but it's also supposed to be serious. And by the way, what about all of the child slaves you use for your cobalt? <laughs> And in your, in your dirty, 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 dirty supply chain at the very bottom of it. What about all of the Chinese workers who kill themselves? You had to put nets outside your Apple buildings in China. Are you just going to vow to compost all your workers who kill themselves? We are avoiding a lot of the human costs, not to mention what social media is doing to our society and what these computers and tech has basically done to our entire world. <laughs> right. They're saying carbon neutral and it's like, okay, does that account for the human cost at all? No. no. The child slaves digging the cobalt out? No. They don't actually care. It's all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. That's what's so upsetting about this video is that it's like funny and cheeky and like, oh, we're doing something good for the planet. But like the sinister undertones of it is that they're going to essentially take away freedoms, individual liberties and try and bully people into doing things like not being ha able to have gas stoves or wood fire pizza, ceiling fans because the environment. It is like people said this during the pandemic that that was just a trial balloon for what they could get away with when it's like, oh, the climate emergency. The rich people just want the earth for themselves and we are just the carbon they need to neutralize. <laughs> <laughs> dumpster diving. What's next in the dumpster? <laughs> we all live in a dumpster here in America. <laughs> Ah, uh, nothing like the first cup of dumpster juice in the morning. Well, this dude lives in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> this little bitch. This little bitch. Uh, okay. <laughs> Man sues hospital for $642 million after witnessing his wife's C-section, saying it gave him a psychotic illness. A psychotic illness, meaning he could never get it up again. <laughs> just, just admit it. You can't get hard anymore because you saw the insides of your your. He was given the opportunity to see it and he chose it. What did you think you were going to see? Why does it look like that? <laughs> he was saying he saw his wife's internal organs and blood and was therefore scarred for life. What a little bitch. You know who else is scarred for life? Me for my C-section where I was literally cut in half. We are starting a new award here at Dumpster Fire and it's the Little Bitch Award. <laughs> We have the BDE award, but this one I think is more important since there are so many little bitches out there whining. You'd think in a country that's used to seeing babies pop out of pouches, he would be better prepared for this. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. You don't see the kangaroo's yeah, exactly. internal organs. It's just like a baby pops out and he's like, oh, that's all. That's how it works. She gets cut in half and he's like, I can't believe I saw Oregon. I had to see that. She had to live through it. I'm not ready. You're not a man. So apparently this was in 2018 and it basically led to the disintegration of their marriage was the fact that he had to see her C-section. I swear to God. And then I was reading some of the comments and everyone was like, thank you. Bring back the male waiting room. Like, Wow. You guys are all such bitches. Have you never feel dressed an animal? It, it is so funny, the state of the manosphere, because it is a bunch of men sitting around online 
often shirtless, <laughs> bitching about the state of women. Like you guys are such, go build something, go do something, go do something with your hands, go join the army or be in a war or go work on an oil rig or something like I, I think we might need another war. Ugh. I actually do, because men are such bitches. They just like, I'm sorry. This this manosphere of like sitting around and bitching is such a female thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> You've become what you hate, manosphere. Uh, <laughs> welcome, guys. You are a fit. You all get the little bitch award. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of these like hyper masculine, like you're online just whining. All the real men that I know aren't online. Yeah. And actually there was a study that came out that men who are online are viewed as less masculine than men who aren't online. It's more of a female trait to like want to try and get attention and be a whiny little bitch. <laughs> I mean, here I am. I should have billions of views. <laughs> But the men are taking up all the oxygen doing what I should be doing. And getting attention for. Which is sitting around and bitching. <laughs> this is a woman's job. And you guys took it. Get the f*** out of my lane. <laughs> this could lead nicely into breaking Bridget. Breaking Bridget. <sighs> Russell Brand. A lot of you aren't going to like this. And guess what? I don't care. Because so much about this story has broken me, and I'm not exactly sure where to begin, but I'll begin speaking for the women and all the women in me, my DMs and all the women that have reached out to me, which is basically the realization upon everybody rushing to Russell Brand's defense before they even heard the allegations, many people in right-wing media, before they even heard what the allegations were, have basically purple-pilled an entire generation of women who thought maybe the right gave a shit about women, but they actually don't. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. So that's what I'm here to say is that I'm back to where I started in this entire journey, which started with my realization during Monica Lewinsky and all of that, that no one cares about women to come full circle to no one gives a shit about women. Neither party. Stop pretending you do. You don't. You can just say nothing. You don't have to full throatedly defend this person before you hear the allegations. I'm not saying that the timing isn't suspect. I'm not saying that all of the stuff that's followed is an absolute bullshit, which is also stuff that's broken me, like the, the government in the UK asking TikTok if he's being monetized and Rumble if he's being monetized and good for Rumble for standing up and saying, you know, get effed. YouTube just demonetizing him. I don't blame people for thinking everything's a conspiracy. I don't. I, I see how much the pandemic broke everyone's brains and how they we talked about the climate scam. We've covered on this show so much stuff about conspiracy, and I get why people would think. And then you have all of these companies banning him and depersoning him and demonetizing him. So I completely understand that. I'm not negating anyone's right to feel that way, but that doesn't mean you need to defend him either. You can just be like, let's wait this one out. 
the conspiracy theorists around this have broken my brain because you aren't only right either. Like many things can be true at once. It can be very suspect about the timing. He was probably protected by many people in the media. It was in the article that he was protected by a whole system. But now the basic argument is like, oh, when he was their guy, he was protected. And you don't realize what you're saying is now that he's our guy, we're protecting him. Like you have no moral consistency whatsoever. And I get that Me Too had excesses. I have been one of the women who has been pushing back against it. I've written article after article after article about how the Me Too excesses would come back and haunt us, and here we are. But that doesn't mean that rapes don't happen. Grapes or whatever you have to say for the freaking creepy censors. That doesn't mean that assault doesn't happen. These things still happen. Women still don't report. I was a woman who had something very bad happen to me. I was 17. I didn't say anything. And the man was older, much more powerful than me. And there, it would have been me against him. And after seeing what I saw with so many other women, I was like, oh, probably what isn't worth it for me to put myself through that. And, and many women make that decision. And then here you have Elon, the most powerful man, arguably it, one of the most powerful men in the world, the richest man in the world, the owner of the very social media platform that many of these women are talking about this stuff on, saying he stands with him. And then you wonder why women don't come forward. This is why you have immediate circling of the wagons around this person. You could have just been like, oh, this is bad, but we don't need to rush to his defense. As I've said, I have spoken out against the excesses of Me Too. However, it's getting to the point where it's a little bit like, oh, Me Too's skirt was too short. There's a little bit of a victim blame, blaming vibe. So now somehow we're right back to where we started, only now all the men can blame Me Too instead of, you know, the rapists. Like, people still get assaulted. Just because Me Too pushed back and had and your favorite comedian got Me too or whatever doesn't mean that this stuff still doesn't happen, that women still don't come forward, and that it's not a prevalent problem that we still need to deal with and push back against. These allegations could be true, and you could all end up looking like idiots if the guy ends up going to court and being convicted. It's very frustrating. It's very hard, and it was very upsetting to me this week to see a lot of people that I respect just kind of get on board and defend their dude. And there's so many people who are doing it. It's self-interest. Like he, I can't even get into it. I can't, I can't even get into it. I know too much about everything. I know too much. Again, I love how like with the Me Too thing, everybody blames the women. This is what's so insane to me. You're blaming the women instead of the political class for exploiting all these women or the media for exploiting all these stories for clicks. I'm looking at you, babe.net, defunct. It's not just the women's fault in this instance. There are other systems. And again, that's why I am skeptic. You have, your skepticism has to go in both ways. You can't just be like, I'm skeptical of these allegations. Well, okay. But you also give no benefit of the doubt to the women that maybe they're being truthful. It's like I was joking the other day with my friend. I'm like, 
what is a woman? A woman who believes what I believe, who agrees with everything that I say, and anyone who isn't is a lying whore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are. This is what you get, ladies. Like, okay. We're seeing the excesses of the left have put us back for sure. I wrote a piece about it with the homophobia making a resurgence and what happened to pride. We see it with anti-racism and racism. It's turning everything into a race war. And we see it with women. That doesn't mean there's not racism, there's not homophobia, and there's not sexual assault. These things still exist. And now it's like somehow misogyny has taken over both parties and the mask is kind of coming off where people are like, well, this is what those gays get. Like, you're not making your argument very compelling. You're still pushing women away. I had so many women in my DMs this past week where they're like, I guess I'm going to have to get my blue hair dye, but they've got all the dudes over there too. <laughs> what, what party actually gives a shit about women and children right now? Please tell me. It's not like, just stop pretending you care about women. You can't say like, we care about women and then automatically defend somebody who has allegations before you've even heard the allegations. Also, You can't say, oh, they're chopping their boobs off at 16. That's too young for them to make this decision. I can't believe they're transitioning at 16. That's too young for them to make that decision. And then defend this 32-year-old for having consensual relations with a 16-year-old because it's what's legal in the UK, you freaking creeper. Well, and those relations aren't even consensual. Well, yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, if you're arguing for the age of consent, you've already lost. They weren't arguing about the age of consent law. They were arguing about, you know, the rape. And that is breaking bridges. <laughs> Fetacy News. Join us at Fetacy.com. You can get the unedited version of Dumpster Fire the day before we release the fully edited version. And you know what? If only for the long-winded rambling breaking Bridgets that will piss everybody off, you should probably subscribe because we cut a lot of that stuff out because it's usually just me raging for 10 minutes. You also get a great community. You get workouts with the ladies. And we also have uh, lots of other things coming behind the paywall. And just it's where I post some more personal stuff. I don't trust the interweb. If you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, you can subscribe to our free newsletter on Substack. I realize there's a lot of places to subscribe, but all you have to do is enter your email into bridgeoffetacy.substack.com and we will give you all the things that we do every single week. Also, you can get the unedited version of Dumpster Fire there as well. So if you are a Substacker, feel free to subscribe there. You can subscribe at either bridgeoffetacy.substack.com or fetacy.com. You get the same stuff in both places, asterisk, with some exception. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Thank you, Better Fetacy, Dave Yates, Sammy Flaps and Folds, Ben Howe, for editing, researching, writing, and making me laugh every Wednesday night. I always joke that we should really just stream the freaking writer's room because that is really hilarious. And thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Bridget. Maggie. 
Thank you to our audience, to our subscribers. We love you. We see you. I can't do any of this without you. You make this possible. And you also make me laugh. And I am doing all of this because I enjoy interacting with you and making you laugh while the world world burns and pissing you off when I, you know, when I make burgers out of your sacred cow. We will be going, reminder, to every other week through the end of the year so we can shoot some other things. Catch up. We'll see you again in two weeks. Now to cleanse your palate. The internet is glorious. This has been your dumpster fire for the week of September 17th to September 23rd. It was a doozy. I'm Bridget Fettacy. Now make me rich. <laughs>